Hello and welcome to the next edition of this Harrington Star podcast. Whether it's Fintech Focus TV you're listening to or our diversity and inclusion specials, we hope you're enjoying the shows and please do subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. We're here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges and walk the walk for change across the entire industry. Today, I have Tony Kokosa joining me. She is a recruitment powerhouse with over 38 years within the industry. Her achievements, it's a long list, so I'll take a very deep breath before I roll them off, um, include Chair of the REC Specialist IT Division, Chairwoman and Director of DP Connect since the 1990s, a member of Atsco's Executive Committee. She's been recognised for a number of awards, including Verve Clico's Businesswoman of the Year, Ernst & Young's Entrepreneur of the Year. She's been noted in the Recruiter Magazine, Recruitment and Employee Confederation Recruiter Magazine, and many, many more. She has been working and campaigning with schools to promote IT careers, as well as with the government itself. So no one knows more than this woman, and no one has had so much visibility across the technology space with regards to hiring and building the best teams. So she's here today, and she's going to share her journey and her learns. Tony, welcome. Welcome. <laughs> it's a Thank big you. intro, probably my biggest intro I've done on this. Um, I'm really excited to have you here. Um, it'd be lovely for you just to talk through your background. Well, I think you said it all. So <laughs> I sound fantastic. <laughs> That's all I need to say. Yeah. Um, yeah, so my background, so I started in IT recruitment way back in 19, oh God knows, back in the end of the 80s. Amazing. And during that time, um, I worked for a company and was very successful quite early on at a young age up and worked my way up to sales director. And at that time I decided, now's the time I'm married, I'm gonna have a baby. Yeah. And so I decided to try for a child and fell pregnant. And my career changed drastically at that point, unfortunately. Uh, when telling everybody at work about it, the senior management there decided that uh, maybe some of my clients should be removed, my team should be scaled wow. down. And uh, to be honest, it was one of the most worrying fearful times yeah. sort of baby on board yeah, protecting so me and my child are so vulnerable and yeah. uh, I, I realized that my career to come back to was going to be a very different job and I decided to uh, to make a change so I decided at that point to set up on my own I was also unhappy with a lot of other things happening in the industry mm. big recession and so forth and yeah. the way they were treating their staff in general and yeah. so I thought, right, well, if I'm, I'm worried about how other people are going to treat me, I'm going to try it on my own. So I set up my business when my baby was uh, very young, like a few weeks old, um, and went on to build an IT recruitment business over 27 years, which I sold successfully two years ago. Congratulations. Um, thank you. And so, yeah, so quite a detailed up and down of working in recruitment, working in the technology field all yeah. the time. Um, working through re three recessions, so quite a bumpy ride, mm. some brilliant highs and some terrible lows. But also I got a lot of insight into working with other companies, mm. what makes people tick, how they build teams correctly, incorrectly mm. and, and so forth. I think there must be so much you've learned from going through three recessions. Definitely. Like the, the way that I, I've only done the, the most recent one, mm. but what I learned from climbing out of that and the visibility I had across the whole industry. I can't imagine what a three must have been yeah. like and what you learned and how you react to, to problems now within within the market space. Yeah, I think I'm much more cautious 
yeah. I'm always, but what if? What if I feel like a black cloud? I, yeah. I'm, I'm, since I sold my business, I'm working in consultancy and, and mm. helping other companies. Mm. And a lot of that is just, I feel like I'm going in saying, yeah, but what if this happens? And what if that happens? And yeah. like this dark cloud that's preparing them. Because yeah. I think sometimes in a recession, the shocks that come and that I wish I had yeah. were a bit too many. I talk a lot about the shocks and how people react to a shock and how to yeah. sort of minimise shocks, even in just like the hiring process. Yeah. So tell us a bit more about your, your new job now that you sold DP and, and, and why, why you ended up going down this path. Okay, so while I was running DP, unfortunately in the last uh, few years, my sister died quite suddenly oh, of so cancer. Sorry. And uh, it, it was quite a traumatic time, as you can imagine. Oh, yeah. And through that uh, 27 years, I'd also had some personal ups and downs, going through a major divorce, losing my mind a little bit at one point with stress and pressure mm. and everything. And so when I, de I decided to sell the business when she died, I just thought, if I'm sitting here and I've only got six months left, you know, it was six months from diagnosed to losing her, do I want to be sitting at this desk? And, and I got to that stage where I'd been there too long and I needed yeah. change and I needed to do something. Um, and so I decided to, to sell and we had a management buyout, which was uh, very successful. And then I thought, well, that's great now. I've done all these years working. I'm just going to be one of those ladies that has lunch, walks <laughs> along the river and enjoys life forever and ever. And no uh, for the first <laughs> six months, I tried to do that with yeah. lots of holidays. But I suddenly realised that, you know, I was in Sainsbury's and I was talking to people, anybody that would talk to me in the aisles. And then if I came into London for lunch, I was looking inside business windows thinking, oh, my God, I'm really missing out like a kid on the outside of a sweet shop. And I thought I need to get back into business. Mm. Um, and then, but I didn't want to go back and, and set up another recruitment business. And uh, I thought, what can I do? What skills have I got? And I think a lot of that self-doubt comes in at that time. And you think, well, I've always worked for myself, so I actually don't know what I'm good or what I'm bad at. Mm. Um, and then I looked at the things that I thought I, I had to give. So I thought, well, first of all, working with businesses and giving them advice on you know, good and bad times would, would be something. I'm also very, very passionate about um, mental health and well-being. Yeah. So um, I'd, I'd had a situation in my life when my divorce kicked in where actually I'd lost myself for a little while and my coping mechanisms were mm. unhealthy and I'd ended up having to get some help and treatment. And that had been quite devastating, uh, you know, midway through running my business. And I'd learned the power of sharing and the power of talking. You know, my, yeah. my marriage had broken down. I was running this business. I was living away from my home. There was a terrible fight going on. And I was turning up every day to work with a big smile on my face and nobody knew. Yeah. And I kept it all in and I started to self-destruct a little bit. So I knew the power of that. And I thought, well, actually, there's a message in that to a lot of people at the moment. You know, um, in society, we're pushing everybody to be the best they can in the workplace and to be the best at what they do and high achievers mm. and let's gain. And at the same time, I don't think we're doing enough about saying about peak performance, but what about balance, getting that balance right? Mm. So I uh, trained to be an executive coach so I could work one-to-one -one with high-flying achievers, um, but on that of keeping balance. And, and I think of it more as like a strategic thinking partner. So I sit down with people who are being successful or maybe struggling at the time and help them think through for themselves mm. what's going on, what can they change, what are they really doing it for, mm. where are they going? And I absolutely love that, that bit of my work. Yeah. Um, so I set up Empower Executive Coaching and I'm doing business strategy. Um, 
empowering. Yeah. And I and I like to do quite a bit as well for the girl power, go girl power, working well, yeah. female, woo. Um, <laughs> I'm really into sort of promoting and, and role models uh, as yeah. you are, which I think is fantastic. That's why I'm sitting here because you're doing yeah, a brilliant job. Yeah. So I think that sort of thing I'm doing as well. And, and on that, I think a lot of it is going in and talking to companies about how, what are you doing wrong that's not attracting enough females? Why are you not mm. keeping your females after they get to a certain age? what's happening so yeah and I think that's so important that that's getting reviewed at exec level yeah Um. so one of my talks that I did was about if you want to increase the gender balance within your workplace you've got to talk about it at exec level yeah don't, definitely. don't think that the the newbies are going to be able to change fundamental foundations of a business yeah. like yeah. it needs to be looked at properly and everything you've said around I think a few years ago, the words mindfulness was out, you know, yeah. and everyone was talking about mindful, mindfulness. And that's, that's kind of died a little bit within the workplace. But I think that it's, it's so apt that we're talking about a balance, about like a, a mental well-being yeah. balance, so that you can work at your peak. I think people often overlook yeah. that within And what I think that, you know, that we push people, and what we don't do is we don't realise that we're putting a lot of stress on people and they're putting a lot of stress on themselves. So where do you take that stress when you're not sure where, you know, mm. what's going to happen and you're not sure it's going right? So you can't go to your boss and say, listen, I'm really worried. I'm not sure if it's a job for me. It's all getting a bit too much. It's a bit too stressful. How about? That's not going to work. You can't go to your um, wife and say, or husband and say, by the way, I'm not sure I can pay the mortgage anymore. So where do you go? How do you get that out of your body yeah. and start talking about what your options are and what your choices yeah. are? And what's most important about that work is the first question that pe people usually come with a problem, like this is happening in my workplace. And my first question is, well, why are you doing it? What's it all about? Mm. What are you doing this for? Mm. You know, I think society's made a way at the moment that we say to everybody, what do you do for a living? You know, I noticed that when I gave up work and people would say to me, so what do you do? And I would go, uh, I'm between jobs at the moment. Yeah. I really struggled. I started saying things that. since yeah. I lost my job. Yeah, yeah. Why didn't I say, well, actually, I've made millions and I'm yeah. having fun? Just Why sold, couldn't I say yeah, that? I just sold one of the most, yeah. most uh, profitable companies ever made by any human being ever. <laughs> but <laughs> it's funny, that, isn't but yeah. it? But we, you, you know, don't like, just say, well, actually, we I'm just being happy, having yeah. fun and enjoying life. Yeah. We feel that Very that's sort of, you know, something wrong to do that. Um, I think there's a lot to say about um, t pausing and thinking about why do I do this and what's the yeah. point of this. And so um, Toby, our CEO, talks about uh, raising your head above the parapet because I'm very much day in, day out. What do I need to get done? Go, 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 yeah. go. But actually, I need to just take a pause, look back, and go, right, am I going in the right direction? Are we going in the right direction as a business? And, and actually, am I okay? Because yeah. a lot of these, these problems don't need to get that bad. If only we spoke about it earlier. Yeah. I suppose that's a lot more. And I think it's thinking about how you're feeling about it. And everybody hates talking about their feelings. We seem yes. to think it's a weakness. Yes. Whereas I believe that vulnerability and self-analysis is an absolute strength. Yeah, yeah, I love that. So um, you touched upon it just now, but I, I wanted to explore it a bit more. What's your experience of working towards inclusion in the workplace? So inclusion, I put down, I call it drag. So I think of inclusion as disability, yeah. race, age, and gender. Nice. There's yeah. just a, a few of them. Yeah. Um, and I think my business on the um, gender side was created when I first set up DP Connect. I didn't have any money. I just sort of had this baby and decided, you know, for the good of the world, I need to go and mm. make changes. And I thought, how can I employ people? So I realized, actually, if I could offer them something because I couldn't compete with anybody else. I had, you know, there was no history. There was nothing mm. to tell them what we'd done or anything. Um, so I went out and I employed mum returners to work. 
I had home workers, um, yeah. ladies that maybe have just had babies, did canvassing for me in the evenings at home and, and so forth. And I took on YTS, which was your apprenticeships back then. So if you're going back, that's now nearly 30 years ago. Yeah. And that was my way of starting my business. And, um, and it worked tremendously because I could train people and I, everybody else was looking for the normal person. Mm. And I was looking for somebody that I could um, add some strength to them and they could bring something to me. So diversity in the gender side was at the very core of my business. Mm. And I took on, you know, the younger guy that didn't quite have the degree. So, you know, really looked at people for what they could bring rather than what experience they had mm. and started to mould and create my own people. So inclusion for me is everybody yeah everybody you yeah. know it's not it's not a gender thing it's yeah it's everybody across so the so yeah uh, uh, you you've told me before like your thoughts on inclusion it's it's um it's not just a, a man issue or woman issue like yeah. I, I wanted you to tell us a bit more about yeah that. well I think I think there is a big in you know problem with the gender issue I, I, I think there, and I think it's two-sided mm. I think it is that there are as women, we are not standing up, we are not empowering enough, we are not taking the place that we should be taking mm. always. I think there's a bit about we don't like showing off as much, we don't like talking about ourselves as much, and I think there's a, there's a lack of role models. Or My daughter's got a wonderful new saying about expanders. Mm. So uh, I'm uh, with a new partner, and anyway, long story, but she looks at our relationship and she said, Mum, it's really, you know, it's great, it's really empowering, you're expanders, you're showing what is possible. Um, nice. And I like that, it's about making us think, so I like the, that we're expanders now, because role models, women are like, oh, don't, don't make me a role model, you know, but being an expander, showing me what's possible, how, how can we stretch other people's minds to think of other opportunities and, and maybe look at bigger opportunities for ourselves. Yeah. So I think there's a side there I think there's definitely a side it's about education. I don't think it's about a, a group of women standing in a group shouting at the men <laughs> saying, do it differently. I think it's about us using our talents to show them and there's yeah. a big educational piece about that. Um, I think on all the other issues, they are male and female. Mm. But I do think that if you talk about inclusion and diversity at the moment, you'll find it's usually a room full of women you usually, in my humble opinion, think everybody thinks you're just talking about the gender thing and you're just wrapping it around with new words like inclusion and diversity to, uh, to try and make a difference because I yeah. do think that there is so much going on. I think men are getting a little bit more scared of the females in the office, if I'm honest. I think they're maybe shying away a little bit more because they're so concerned about any lawsuits or what they say or what they do. Yeah. And I think there is something that we've got to take responsibility for, and that is how do we educate? You know, If you want a change about gender especially, how do you get a group of men in a room and yeah. show them how it's in their advantage yeah. to embrace this? And yeah. that's a question that we're all still working on. I massively, massively agree with that. Um, so I, 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 everyone's seen it. It's on uh, LinkedIn. Um, I've got this program called Step Forward for Gender Equality, and I specifically called it gender equality yeah, rather than inclusion because I had a gentleman called Terry come on um, a podcast and he was saying I'm sick and tired of and I'll, I'll tag you in this Terry so that you can remind be reminded of this conversation but he said I'm sick and tired of people saying inclusion when they really mean gender yeah like stop it yeah. like, like be clear on what you're talking about but the point is is that I called it step forward for gender equality and one of my 
points in it was rally your team. And in the presentation I did, I've got a picture of me, Toby and James. And um, it's me saying I've, I've rallied those two to be part of the, the gender debate yeah. because they've, they've had to sit in a boardroom with me for nine years. And I've known them both for 15 now um, as work mm. colleagues. So, you know, they, 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 they're walking the walk rather than talking the talk of, oh, wouldn't it be nice to have a female in a board? Yeah. Instead, they, well, they've lived that the last yeah. nine years. And actually, them being at events and then maybe talking at events and saying how good it is to have such three different personalities every time mm. we discuss things. Actually, sometimes, regardless of me being a female, I'm very different to James. Yeah. James is very different to Toby as a three. We, we, can, we can clash a lot, yeah. and we do, but then actually we come through yeah. stronger. I think as well that I come across quite a lot of women who um, are quite aggressive with their career and their ambition, and they seem to think that there is a way you should sh show up at work and turn up, and a yeah. lot of my work is working with them to say, being authentic, being yourself, you know, I am not a female or, or whatever, I'm Tony Kokoza, I am mm. me. Mm. And I think it takes age and experience to learn who, the, who that person is. Mm. And trying to get people to just be them, you know, you see a lot of aggression and you see a lot of, you know, she's either a darling or a dragon. Well, she isn't a darling or a dragon. I could be a darling and a dragon all yeah. in the same day. You know, so <laughs> yeah. it's about actually who am I and yeah. how am I turning up. I like that, darling or a dragon, yeah, yeah, and you, you, yeah, you have to be, depends on the situation, yeah, doesn't it, yeah. and what you're trying to achieve. Um, so moving on to female leaders, you, I mean, you believe that they leave a legacy, um, so I wanted you to tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, I, I, as you mentioned, there was quite a few awards programmes that gave us some profile, and, mm. and the profile from that led to, you know, local schools and, and universities talking to us about women empowerment, um, opportunities for technology, females and so forth. And I came across a lady once and I said to her, you should get involved in these awards programs. And she said, oh darling, I don't like to show off. Mm. And I put my back up and I said, show off? I'm empowering my daughters. I've got three yeah. girls and their future and knowing what's possible and knowing what's out there takes us as females to stand up and say it is possible. It's not such a, a big thing to be successful yeah. and that we should all stand up and, and take yeah. our achievements well. So, um, did that answer your question? Well, yeah, it does. And I think it's a really good point um, because I think you've, you've kind of gone over that a lot of women or a lot of people will say, oh, I don't want to show off, but it's a responsibility to leave it's a legacy. It's a responsibility. Yeah, and I think when we were talking earlier, I was saying about that mm. when we did a piece with the government and the education department, mm. we went into a few schools about technology opportunities for females, mm. and we realised that the best intake was where they had a female IT teacher. Interesting. And if she yeah. was running it, mm. then the girls got more involved. Mm. And if you go back to my time when I was running a women in technology campaign with computing, we looked then and we saw that you know all the university courses, all the jobs in technology at the time, they were all very much around cars, fast boy things, um, <laughs> on the whole yeah. boy things. Um, they weren't really selling to the females. Yeah. And I remember my daughters got a, a new computer and Barbie, when they were about seven and five, I suppose, Barbie, you could make Barbie clothes on the computer with a piece of software, and my kids got really into IT at that oh, time. Wow. So I think you know, there's ways of um, yeah, getting yeah. more girls into sort of technology. Just igniting a passion, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think there's lots yeah. of you know 
geek yeah. girls and coding girls and all that sort of stuff yeah. going on now. And I think that's so important because I think the changes aren't going to happen quickly for us. They're going to happen for our children and our daughters. Yeah. So I think that bit about um, standing up and uh, female role mm. models is so important. Yeah, so important. And um, and thinking more to the future now, what, what do you actually think is... Uh, is the future for diversity and inclusion within the tech industry? I think it is on everybody's agenda, HR and at the board. I think there's little being done about it on the actual recruitment side mm. when you're actually you know, trying to recruit, what I've seen. Yeah. Um, your line managers aren't really thinking around it. They're still going for the perfection and the ideal candidate. They're not really giving it as much as they should be. Yeah. I think that... 20 years ago I was banging the drum I, I, you know we met because I was so proud of what you were doing <laughs> yeah. has it changed a lot are we getting there is it just talk is it new words I hate to say but uh, yeah. I think it's going to take a lot more for us to make that change but I think it's got to come as I say from yeah. two places it's got to come from us standing up and being counted it's about us being a gentle, normal, embracing, yeah. you know, I'm proud to be a female. I don't want to be like a man in the office, you yeah. know. I want to be me in the yeah. office. And I think embracing that will make a change. And I there's think a there's lots happening, there? isn't there? Yeah. That's hopefully will make a change. Yeah. But it all depends where the workplace goes. If we hit another recession, you know, many years ago, we had a thing called Flexi Working. Um, mm. And we had as partnered with another business and we went out and everybody was talking about it from HR directors down. We were talking about how could we do that? And then we hit a recession and all of a sudden all the part-time flexi-working out the window, you know, we're, we're back in there. So that's a really good point. I've never looked at it like that because I've always seen it as, well, we talk much more about inclusion, uh, gender diversity, gender equality, diversity within, within the workplace. But perhaps it's because we're this far away from the last recession. When the next yeah. one hits, we'll all button down the hatches again and just be like, Let, let's just yeah. get... Like, is it a luxury item rather than a well, necessity? Well, I, I think at the moment it's a tool, uh, talking point for a lot of people because there's a, a shortage of talent. Mm -hmm. When there's a shortage of talent, everybody's opening their eyes a little bit more. Where can I go? What can I do? What could be different? I think if we hit a recession and, and jobs go and there's more people available for work, my own opinion is that uh, maybe we won't see as much of yeah. it on the agenda, So that, that's really key for people to be aware of that. Yeah. So either we, we make as much progression as we can now or when the next recession does hit that we are we are aware of what's actually right for the long term yeah. rather than just filling bums on seats. Yeah. Um, so um, back to, to you and what you're doing now, what's next on the horizon for you and Empower? So with Empower, I think that at the moment I'm doing quite a bit of work with um, large organisations that really do value their executives and they value... Uh, the mental health as well as the physical health. You know, I love the bit that we all say, I go to the gym and keep fit. I work on my mind. It doesn't quite go down the same. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah. hoping that that will start to change. Again, it is a trendy subject, so we'll see what happens. But for Empower, it's about working more with organisations and individuals to make them just be better yeah. as themselves, to enjoy life totally, so yeah. that actually, you know, people are proud to say, what do you do for a living? So don't worry about that. I'm just really happy. I'm having fun. Yeah. I'm enjoying myself. So it's about uh, working with individuals. And I have no big plans. I'm just enjoying what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm loving you. life. Amazing. I'm not working full time. I've got great work-life balance. And if I, all the time I feel that we're adding value, then we'll keep on yeah. going. Amazing. 
Well, if you value your executives and if you value their mindsets, you've got to get in touch with Tony, that's for sure. And I'm going to quote your daughter, let's all be expanders. Um, let's show ourselves what's possible, let's stretch and let's think bigger for bigger opportunities. So Tony, thank you very much for joining me on the Women in Fintech podcast series. Everyone, thank you very much for listening.